You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to SSPN. Sorry about that, Ethan. I don't know if you saw that, but I was just turning off a fan in the background. But here we are after a Spurs game. I know it's been a long time. This will not be a traditional post-game show. It'll just be our normal SSPN live podcast. And because of that, we're just going to get straight into some Spurs news that broke this year. I mean, look, when was the last time the Spurs had a trade deadline move just in general? I think we might have talked about it on one of the other episodes. It was kind of a small one like this, but still Bryn Forbes getting moved and Wancho Hernan Gomez uh, being a San Antonio Spur was on the bench tonight, did not play no minutes whatsoever, of course, right? Um, but what are your thoughts on that move and Bryn Forbes being a Denver Nugget? It was a little meaningless, but like I understand it still. Like I'm not mad at it, but I'm not like you know, jumping around because it's immediately going to help our team in any way. Um, I think we gave Bryn Forbes, we did him a favor, put him on a team that had a guy like Nikola Jokic who can draw a double team, is going to get a lot more open looks and be a great uh, floor spacer for Denver. And we got a guy that can kind of provide a little more depth at that 4-5 spot. And, and Wancho, I know he's not a really a great player. He hasn't really been a contributor in like two years, I think was the last time he had like significant numbers and a significant role um but we got that second round pick and i think it was 2026 so we have that to look forward to as well 2028 <laughs> 2028 excuse me seventh grader baby <laughs> yep yep very <laughs> excited about who that could possibly be down the road and um i'm pretty sure and correct me if i'm wrong jude but wancho's contract is not guaranteed after this year so no, we could sir. just waive him and then we have a little bit of cap room to play with this off season um so I don't know, not, not really an emotional <laughs> trade, but I'm, I'm glad we did something, I guess. Yeah, I mean, look, getting a 2028 second round pick out of that is honestly the more important thing. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, they're still second round picks. But hey, I mean, you got Trey Jones in a second round pick. Uh, Joe Wieskamp seems like somebody who could contribute moving forward. So if the Spurs keep drafting well, or maybe somebody drops, as we've seen that happen before, not going to say we're going to draft them next Manu, but you never know. Manu was mm-hmm. a second round pick as well. Um, so with the Spurs draft, uh, I guess, what's the word? Their mentality whenever they're drafting and their evaluation. That was the word I was looking for. I trust Brian Wright to make those picks. He's made some good ones so far, even in the second round. Uh, only one that hasn't really worked out is Quindary, but that actually might have been for, yeah. before he was the GM. So Could have been. And another thing I forgot to mention, getting rid of Brid Forbes, it also opens up minutes for Primo and Trey Jones that we didn't actually see tonight, unfortunately. Uh, we would have liked to have seen that. But nevertheless, they have the ability to give them minutes now. Yeah, all things considered, when you look at how much we were paying Bryn Forbes uh, to get that far out of just a pick of any sort um, was pretty good. And hopefully by that time, you know, the Nuggets won't be the same team that they are. But you never know. Uh, Jokic is a franchise player, so they could still be right in the Western Conference playoff hunt even seven years from now. Mm Because what Jokic is, let's see how old Nikola Jokic is. I can't don't even I don't. think he's 30 years old yet. Not yeah, even. no, I want to say he's like 25 still. Nikola Jokic age. That's probably a better search here. 
Still not popping up. Okay. He is 26. <laughs> he is 26. Yeah. So actually, he'd be about 34. So that's the end of his prime for sure. But, you know, big men, they last a while. They really do. And he's got mm-hmm. a jumper. So he's going to be effective for a long time. Um, but anyways, moving on from that, we had another little... Well, that was a positive. Then we had a, a very big disappointment. So you and I were... Pro- planning to come on this show and be like, all right, let's talk about Zach Collins's debut. We finally got to see him against this Philly team. And even though they recalled him on Saturday, like a couple hours later, they were like, yep, he's actually not going to play because he still has to do reconditioning. So we were teased a little bit by the Spurs. And then after that, Pop came out in the pregame press conference and says he might not even play this week with San Antonio. He might go back down to Austin and keep playing. So it's like now we've got another big ambiguity question mark after they recalled him. Like, how does this happen? Like, I mean, I guess maybe he went through the final physical and they were like, we're not ready yet. Um, But still, it's like, I feel like you don't do that if you're like I don't know the recall was so weird he -hmm. played those two games down in Austin why would you call him up if he's not going to play so yeah I don't even have an answer for you Jude I don't even have a response it was such a weird and like incompetent I don't want to say that word but it seems like like an incompetence thing where it's like oh he's ready and then like five minutes later like actually we uh uh, he's not ready he's Uh, gonna need another week in Austin yeah Yeah, it's yeah and that it's funny that you hit on that, Ethan, because that kind of, I don't know, maybe not disconnect, but it just seems like with the energy with the guys tonight, we were texting about it. I don't know. I'm wondering if there's a disconnect between this coaching staff and the team. And, and what's weird is this is when Becky Hammond and Mitch Johnson are out, okay? Mm-hmm. So we've seen, you know, the, the players' coaches, at least with Becky, we know for sure, it was just very interesting to see the energy of the guys tonight. Obviously, they, you know, played a close game, were able to deal with Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid, but, you know, the entirety of that team's bench was out of the game. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been probably a pretty easy win for them if they had their whole roster. Still want to give the guys credit for fighting um, and, you know, especially for Devin Vassell for continuing to shoot and hitting some clutch threes as uh, the game progressed. But definitely the... The mood and the vibe watching the team tonight, I mean, not as much fun as earlier in the year. I mean, I went to that Celtics game. I've mentioned that so many times, but I mean, I really got to feel it and see it with my own eyes. Like I know when this team is having fun and when they're not. And usually when they're having fun, they're more successful, right? Obviously. But at the same time, something just felt really weird tonight. And, you know, I didn't even really think about it because I saw it as just kind of like a headline. It didn't really go too much into it, but I saw that apparently there were like DeJounte trade rumors. I don't know. But yeah, I just saw Clan made a video about that. So maybe there wasn't too much into it and it was just like a mm. Bleacher Report article or something. Yeah. But really weird vibe with the team tonight. Maybe it was just one game, but they did not mesh well together, it seemed like at all. Yeah, confidence and energy was just really low starting out, and that could be because we kind of just started off a little cold shooting-wise. And a lot of times I've listened to interviews with guys, and they're like, yeah, some players, if they don't get going offensively, it's hard for them to get engaged in any other way, if that makes sense. So if they're not yes, scoring the yes. ball, they're not going to be defending well, they're not going to be cutting, they're not going to Lonnie. Be like, yeah, like Lonnie Walker, who actually I thought had a pretty decent game tonight. He did. Uh, four, 14 points on 60%. Uh, from the field that's 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 a solid game from Alani Walker and unfortunately tonight it seemed like we just stepped on the gas pedal way too late for it to matter 
Like it was like late in the third or honestly, maybe even like into the fourth quarter when we actually started to play with high energy up tempo, you know, back to how we normally play games, which is high transition basketball with a lot of passing. Uh, the first half, especially, it was very discombobulated. DeJounte couldn't find a rhythm. Derek couldn't find a rhythm. And when you can slow those two down, especially when it comes to their playmaking ability, um, you really, it, it did, it's a detriment to this team. I know they had nine assists and 12 assists a piece, uh, but that really goes to show the box score doesn't, doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah, absolutely. You hit on DeJounte and the struggles at the beginning of the game. I honestly feel like that's what did it, the Spurs in uh, yeah. in this one because, I mean, we've talked about it so many times. Obviously, DeJounte runs this thing, and he ended up having still a, a pretty good game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when he struggles at any point, everything else is a problem, um, especially offensively. And I think that with the way that he's been playing as of late, I mean, you never know. This could totally be off off base. But from what I saw, it seemed like, you know, with the way he's been playing, the guys kind of got comfortable and like playing off of him and like, oh, he's going to get his regardless. And it's like, you know, sometimes that just doesn't happen every night, depending. Mm-hmm. It's the NBA. Like, that's how it's going to go. So I think they had trouble kind of re- adjusting to that. And on top of it, Derek did not have the best shooting night, so you didn't have somebody else making up for it. Um and so then you Yah- don't play Trey Jones. Sorry, yes, and, and you don't play Trey Jones. Exactly. We're going to get into that. So Jakob obviously was able to get a couple of those ugly shots up tonight and get 25. He gets it done somehow. It was three for four from the free throw line. What a what a crazy thing. That doesn't usually happen with mm-hmm. Jakob. Um, man. Four blocks too. Jesus. Yeah. But just there, there were so many things going on tonight that – I know we've been watching them all season and we've had a lot of hope and all that stuff, but I think at this point, not to say that they can't turn it around because they totally could still make the play in tournament. That's reasonable with the amount of games left. Um, But I really feel like this team personnel wise does just not fit or they do have fits, but they're not playing the people who would fit together. What are your kind of thoughts on, on that whole thing? I don't really like, I think Doug at the four is just not, it's not working. It's that's a detriment. I mean, you're having Keldon like literally guard Joel Embiid on like rotations Mm -hmm. because that's the only player in your starting lineup who can match up with him somewhat physically when really he's just going to get big bodied still. But like that's that's very telling when you're watching a game. And maybe, you know, I haven't this stuff has kind of been happening throughout the year. And this is just me kind of really realizing like that part of the frustration. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it really stuck out to me tonight. And it's I I know it was a like it wasn't even that bad of a game. You came back in the second half and won both quarters like and and gave yourself a chance. So like they still fought tonight. But I mean, you're running Lonnie off at point and you're running Eubanks there for a little bit. Like, I don't know what the I just don't understand what's going on right now with the rotations. Like we had a consistent thing going. And then I understand people got covid, but like everybody doesn't have COVID anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why are we switching rotations when there was a run where they were successful beforehand? You know? Yeah. It's, it's really, it's strange. There's two, I have two points on that. One, let's start off by giving a shout out to Philadelphia because they played a yes. tremendous game yes. defensively, especially like I've never heard of Charlie Brown jr. And this guy was just locking up everybody that he yeah. defended tonight. So that immediately puts like it's way harder for the Spurs to play well 
when they're playing a team that is this good on the defensive side of the ball. But secondly, I think what separates the Spurs from a lot of other teams as far as rotations and team fit, we don't have a go-to lineup at the end of games that we know is going to work, Jude. We we honestly game to game we don't know what pop's gonna do as far yeah, like as like we threw lonnie together. out there in the in the final minutes and i was like i mean yep. not and to we, get yeah. super disrespected or to be super disrespectful to him but like bro we need a three like you would still rather have doug out there at that yep. point and then we all remember the debacle at the end of the mavericks game when i can't remember who was hot but we put doug back in the game and he just got abused and we were desperately trying to make a comeback uh, and it, it just small things like that all year all year long have really hurt this team. And in all honesty, Jude, I'm trying to think right now off the top of my head, what is like the five, the five man lineup that you would say, I'm going to put these five out there and we are going to succeed on both, both ends of the basketball court. To be honest, I don't know if we have a lineup like that. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, ideally, if I had to think about it, DeJounte, Vassell, Jakob, it's really it. I mean, like you could maybe throw Keldon in there, but like mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll throw you probably go throw Derek in there too, but I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I don't really like the whole Deshante Derek thing. I think now we're, we've tried that for a year, and it's very obvious that when Derek comes off the bench, his offensive ability is increased. I know that's probably not the best way of wording that but y'all get what i'm saying like he plays better he's more in rhythm he has more opportunities he can bring the ball up the floor he can run a set he can know his role it's defined a little bit more where when he and Dejounte play together it's like okay well let's let Derek bring up the court sometime you know the, this possession right and then Dejounte is going to go stand in the corner when we know that like if he was running it it'd probably be a more effective fast pace up-tempo play that put more pressure on the defense instead of just Derek dribbling and letting him run a play because we're paying him the most money on the team yeah <laughs> yeah and, and that's that's it like entirely to me the reason why our rotations are as bad as they are because <laughs> we don't know what to do and we're stuck in our ways a little bit that's probably the lineup i would go with what Buddha yeah said. i like this a lot i didn't think about key debates that's mm-hmm. another thing he didn't get too many minutes tonight either even though he played well like that's another mm-hmm. thing he's somebody that you could throw in there even in the starting lineup if you want to bring doug off the bench and move him to the three more yeah, and the Landale-Eubanks thing tonight, they had, Eubanks had five minutes, Landale had four. And at first I was like, okay, like I kind of see putting Eubanks in the game because he is really aggressive and maybe, maybe a little would, more athletic than a physical Landale. matchup with Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond's only 6'10 also, so. Yeah, and then I, then I saw him do Eubanks stuff and I was like, ah, let's maybe throw Landale out there. And then Landale got bodied by Embiid. And then... He had a, so a few open looks, like, and you, you texted me. You said, we need to put him in there just so we can get um, Drummond. Drummond to the perimeter, and maybe we can get a mismatch there. But, of course, we threw him out there when OB- Embiid is there. Like, what are you doing? What sub is that, bro? No. Yep. And then he missed both threes, and I was like, oh, no. If he's missing the threes, then he gets yanked, of course, because he missed both opportunities. But I don't know. Play Wancho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got him in. I'll put him in. Put him in the game. Oh my gosh, man. And I thought it was very interesting. And it th- yeah, I'm not even mad at yeah. Kaycock. He had his like 14th straight double-double tonight. And yep. I think he had 14 points and 18 boards. I think Primo had a dunk tonight. So maybe it's better Primo's playing in Austin. He didn't have to deal with this crap. 
honestly so true. Like, I didn't even think about that until right now. I mean, and I know, like, we want him up here because we feel like at the same time he would make this team better. But it's really hard to put my finger on it. But I think it's very interesting that the coaches are out. And just the vibe tonight felt very, very weird. And it may just be one game that I'm taking away. But I don't know. Did you feel like it was a little bit weirder than it normally is? Or is that just me making this up in my head? Uh. I don't know if I would call it weird. I definitely felt like their confidence was off going into the game. But I I honestly thought it was, you know, the mindset of of like, oh, God, we're playing Embiid, who's on a tear. The Sixers are such a good team. They're 27 and 19. We're 17 and 30. We're just going to get blown out. Why are we even here? Like, this is, that's what I thought. Was and the- that's where I feel like there's a problem. Because that, mm-hmm. that, that wasn't there before. That's exactly what I felt, too. But... I feel like before, like the whole COVID spat and everything, even when we were playing teams like that, we wouldn't go in with that mentality. Be like, oh, like Devin Vassell said at the beginning of the year interviews, we're going to surprise a lot of people this year. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the mentality. And now it's like, and I get that, yeah, it's a long season. You're 17 and 30 and you're beat down a little bit. But like, I feel like you had that mentality and that confidence instilled in you for a reason. And now that's gone. You've got to reinstill that if you're the coaching staff. And I don't think, and I think with Becky, and this is me totally speculating, I think with Becky and Mick, Mitch out, there's a little less positivity in there. And that's not to say that like what Pop is doing is, you know, terrible or anything, but like he's Pop, you know? <laughs> and, and in that situation, you're going to get criticized a little bit more. And with the way he was in the press conference too, I just thought it was very interesting the way that like he worded the whole Zach Collins thing. He's like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Very, very just interesting comments. And I could totally be reading into them too much, but I feel like there's something a brewing. And another thing, and this is totally off topic. We can talk the trade deadline. I think three weeks out is uh, where we're at right now. Um, I forget which insider it was. He's from ESPN, Brian Winhorst. Mm-hmm. He went on a radio roulette with Rob Perez, if y'all know who Rob is. Um, he's big on NBA Twitter and all that stuff. Um, and I, I think he worked with like the Action Network for a little bit, or he actually might still work with them. But he worked for somebody else, I think Yahoo Sports. That's how he got popular, and now he's kind of just does his own independent thing on Twitter. Um, but that's besides the point. He had Brian Winhorst on his show, and he was saying that they had a question about the Spurs. And it was actually, uh, I think, Dylan Hunter from Air Alamo who got on the show and asked both of them a question. And he was just talking about, like, the Spurs trade deadline, basically. Like, what do y'all know about it? What have y'all been hearing? And Brian Windhorst said that he's had a lot of conversations about the Spurs. And that's all he could say, basically, without getting in trouble. He was like, I've talked a lot about the Spurs. So maybe that was just the Bryn Forbes thing, but it seemed like he was kind of pointing towards like there's a lot like there's Thaddeus Young there's Bryn Forbes because that's what Dylan brought up and he brought up like other things too and it seemed like the Spurs have been more active in Mm -hmm. trade talks and I also saw shout out to Spurs versus everybody they tweeted and their prediction kind of with this and you know who knows where all this stuff goes right we're all just kind of speculating here but they were talking about how maybe Brian Wright and Pop aren't like in the same mindset whenever it comes to the team and like Pop thinks, hey, we can win now. And Brian Wright might be like, yeah, I mean, you could build up these guys or whatever. And like, that'd be awesome. But also we could like 
move them <laughs> and get, you know, DeJounte some help right now, you know, and then win games quicker. So interesting yeah. stuff, interesting stuff. Maybe that's totally not the case. I tend to lean more towards them being aligned just because that's what the Spurs have always been. Yeah. Um, but also I think that Brian Wright is bringing a little bit more of a new, uh, definitely a new energy for sure. And a little bit of a new mindset, but obviously RC and pop are still very involved. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how much I think watching how the decisions play out in free agency and at the trade deadline, I think Mm -hmm. that's going to be very telling to see how much autonomy Brian Wright has as GM. I could definitely see that. Good points, Jude. Look at you. Good <laughs> points. Insider Jude McLaren. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> That's that was all from the all from the Spurs versus everybody tweet. So that was True. Marshall and Greg's idea. But <laughs> still at the them. same time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff for sure. It, it could be that for the first time in forever, other teams are like, all right, Spurs aren't gonna win. So maybe they're more likely to talk to us. So they're the ones calling San Antonio. Because I know Toronto was interested in Jakob Pertl. Everybody's interested in Thaddeus Young. Like Phoenix, I remember, was the first rumor that we heard. And then apparently, I'm sure people are probably interested in DeJounte Murray. I don't think we're ever going to we're gonna give him up. But there's definitely teams out there like the Lakers who would like love to swap Russell Westbrook for DeJounte Murray. Never going to happen. It's a good but, story. But the Lakers are absolutely probably calling the Spurs right now, trying to make that an actual thing. Um, so I don't know if the Spurs will actually make a move because we never make moves, but I'm sure there are a lot more teams than usual uh, trying to acquire some of the people on our roster. Yeah, that's a great point too. Didn't think about that. Um, and I think, but I do want to kind of, I guess, reiterate from the Brian Winhorse thing. It seems like the Spurs were in conversations. Like mm. they were also, like the people were calling them, but you know, in the they're past, the in the, yes, exactly. And I think they're also maybe doing some calling too. But getting back to Eric Pacina's question, shout out to you, shout out to Bude, Marco Bed goes on. We appreciate you being in here. Um, but I'm not sure how the Spurs would play Kaycock. I think what they would do is kind of what they did when he was up here in little minutes. Um, and also how they play him down in Austin. They play him at the four, but they play him next to a shooting big. So here's the thing. Tonight, if you want to play Jock, Kaycock would actually allow you to play Jock a little mm. bit more because Kaycock is a better matchup for Embiid than freaking Keldon. So, yeah. And that's who is basically guarding him at that point. So you, you might as well. You could play him there, play him at the four, and then just put in Jock at the five so you still have four floor spacers. I love Kaycock, bro. He just provides such a physicality that we are desperately needing yeah, off the bench right now. Yeah, that we don't have. Yeah, and same with Zach Collins. Okay, another thing. I think we totally forgot about this. We should have probably even opened the show with this. Going back to Zach Collins, despite us being disappointed with him not playing tonight, we did get to see him in the G League twice. So give me your breakdown of what you saw from uh, Zach this week. I saw half of the game, the first game, which he didn't play significantly well, but I think they were kind of just wanting him to get a feel for the for the game, not really go to him that much. That's the impression that I got. But the second game, I believe he got 22 points, and I watched his highlights, and he looked pretty good. He looked fairly mobile. He looked like he was kind of getting his rhythm back. He had a little bit more – he showed his post moves off a little bit. I think he had a fadeaway, like mid-range jumper that looked pretty nice. Um I liked what I saw. Of course, it was very limited and against G League players, and he's a 
you know, a pretty safe to say NBA player at this point in his career. So I doubt he will get those kind of numbers when he transitions to the NBA. Um, but I'm glad that he is as mobile as he is and as physical as he is um, because that injury is known to slow guys down a lot. And it doesn't look like he's missed a step. If anything, it looks like he's gotten a little faster, Jude. Yeah. I mean, think about all the time you had off. You probably mm-hmm. just lost a little weight, you know, that'll allow him to be a little bit quicker. Um, still looks more physical than Jock uh, or mm-hmm. Jakob or Drew for that matter. Um, I mean, obviously Drew's very physical, but you know, when you're 6'11", 250, that helps a little bit. Um, I did watch that first game and I was able to watch most of it in, in its entirety. And if you look at the box score, it's like, okay, you know, maybe not the craziest game, but he looked good. And specifically, there were some plays, um, and obviously G League guys, like you said, but his rim protection and swatting stuff. We were texting during this game, and we were like, bro, like our our bigs don't even, they don't even contest sometimes. They mm. just let the layup go up. It's like, at that point, like they can't, what are they going to do? Try to make, it, like make them make like an over-under pass to Joel. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd rather you force them to do that and then you give up the open dunk than just giving up an open layup where you could at least, you know, like, and it would be different if, like, Eubanks wasn't, you know, in the restricted area, basically, backing up, you know, having one hand on Drummond and then the other guy just drives in for the layup. And, you know, like, all you have to do is, like, you're already in a good position. All you have to do is jump, like, not jump yeah. into them. Just jump up, put that, you know, left hand up. And then at least you're contesting it. And that's the same thing with Jakob, too. And I fault Jakob a lot less just because of everything else that he does. But that's been like a consistent thing throughout the year that I was like, wow, how is this not, you know, changed Mm -hmm. throughout the year? But going back to Zach, he was swatting people in the G League. And we've seen him swat people in the NBA in Portland. And there was one possession where he swatted somebody. They went back up with it again, got it back. He swatted them again. So, like, that's the aggressiveness that we're going to... That's another thing that we desperately need. So maybe we, we need multiple dudes from the G League. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Kaycock's on a two-way. So there's only, you know, a, a certain number of NBA days that he has left. And I think he might have actually used... Um, all of them already, but I could be wrong on that. I'm not entirely sure. But point is, from Zach's first game, we saw his defensive ability, his physicality in there, and I think that he's going to contest a lot more than our bigs, ideally. I know rotations are still going to be tough. He's going to have to adjust to that. But like you said, his movement, his side-to-side movement that I noticed, there there was a quickness to it. Another thing, though, he may look quicker against non-NBA players, but still, you know, there's. I think the G League is as talented as it's ever been. Um, yeah. And that's that's not a hot take. I think that's just facts, um, especially with like Ignite and, um, you know, just the upped pay and the rebrand with Gatorade and all that stuff. Right. Um, but the way that he didn't shoot too well in the first game, but was able to get uh, a three in the second game, I believe, maybe two. Um, and for him to get more in rhythm in that one, I think that really showed. All right. Let's call him up. But you know, evidently not, <laughs> uh, evidently not. Um, so, you know, at this point, I think I'd rather watch the Austin Spurs. So why not have him down there a couple more games? Honestly, just let him absolutely dominate, oh. get that confidence back up. You know what I'm most excited about was Zach Collins coming back. What's you that? talked about his three point shooting. You talked about his blocking ability, his help defense, all of that stuff. But it's we finally have a guy that's going to like start stuff with the other team like he almost got into a fight with Clay Thompson at one point. He's almost gotten in fights with like pretty much half the league. He's got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. And I can't <laughs> wait because we haven't had a we haven't had a dog 
since Steven Jackson, probably. DeJounte's a dog. Yeah, he's a dog, but DeJounte don't really, he's kind of reserved. He don't start mm-hmm. anything. He doesn't, he doesn't remember, start. Anything. Do you remember, do you remember back, I don't know what year this was, but he was locking up Harden. You remember the Harden yeah, moment? Yeah, and, and he flexed on him. Yeah, he, uh, I remember that, but no, he, he no. Harden said something to him, and oh, then and he, he pushed, pushed him. him that's right. And then he said, "Like I'm about that." <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, but Boudet said it best. He doesn't instigate. I think Zach's that an is instigator. True. He's an instigator. He'll start no. something that's like probably you shouldn't have started that, but I'm glad you did because it's fun and it's going to get the momentum back in our side. That's a great point by Boudet because literally tonight Dejounte was like walking. He got a he got fouled by Tyrese Maxey. And then he like walked past him at one point and kind of like moved him out of the way. And mm-hmm. Maxi thought it was a shove. And then Dejounte looked at me. He was like, "Oh no, bro! I really didn't mean it that way." Like I read his lips. Like mm-hmm. he was like. Then he was like apologizing to him. So yeah, he he doesn't. He actually tried to not instigate something in that moment. So yeah, which That's is what you want from your yes. star. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. No. 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 Go ahead. In your point with um with Zach Collins, I feel like Keldon. He well, he never really instigated stuff, but his energy level is just like where is the like just even celebrating like players' shots. That's why I think I was weirded out, and I mm-hmm. think that's probably been a progressive thing that's been happening that I just didn't even realize until watching this game. But yeah. like, I want him to be himself. I to, think he needs to get himself going before he gets other people going. Yeah unfortunately because like if he gets a dunk he still screams and then he'll start screaming for everybody else but if he's kind of lackluster a little bit and missing shots or not really getting involved he's just kind of there he didn't even have a bad game tonight it's the crazy thing but well but he there were so many moments where you felt like he was just there yeah he got a lot of buckets in transition yeah and that's the thing where i guess i'm getting to like the greater whole of this offense and we were talking before this like we don't fit this team doesn't fit right now. No. Like, there's really. way too much standing around and, like, isolations. And I think that this is something that they may have told us before the year. I saw Spurs Tube TV, Rob Trejo, tweet something pretty recently just kind of about, like, the Spurs' really simple offense. And I just wonder if that's the way to go. Like, I feel like we have the ability to run, like, some motion stuff constantly like we have the ability to like run guys we have like Keldon can cut and be effective off ball mm-hmm. just the the threat of him moving right especially rolling to the rim with the way that he can drive to the basket and big body a lot of guys that he's matched up against usually unfortunately we have to play him against post too much in my opinion mm-hmm. um sometimes Lonnie will hit some threes but he is not a spot-up shooter he's no. of an athletic get him the ball and let him go type of guy. But the problem is you have DeJounte who already does that and he does it way better. So then you have two of those guys who need the ball in their hands. Derek has not been reliable off the ball. He hit some threes tonight in clutch and that's great. We know that he's reliable on defense and he does good things offensively. I think that we we talked about this earlier. I honestly think that Derek can be a really effective offensive player. We've seen it before. But when has that been? That's been when he hasn't played next to DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Other than a couple rare instances. Yeah. It's very true. Mace, want to appreciate you for being in here. And here is, this is where Eric was talking about it. Is it disinterested play or dare I say a lost locker room? That's where I'm 
I'm wondering. I'm really wondering. And I don't, I don't know what's, you know, I don't think that it's the entire locker room, but I just, I feel like there might be, if this is so bad, I'm saying stuff about pop and look, this is not me saying that he's not the best ever and that he's not, you know, he's done so much for this franchise, won all five championships, but this is a very young team. He's the oldest coach in the NBA I just wonder if he's relating. I'm, you know what? I'm going to say this. I've never said this on air. I'm not even going to get into the details, but I have heard some things under the record and maybe they're not, you know, who knows if they're reliable. I think that they're pretty reliable though from the story. I'm not going to say how I got it, but I have heard stories about players talking about pop on this team Mm. that they said that he's, you know, a good guy, but at the end of the day, he's just older. And so I just wonder if that relationship, and that's something that I think I wanted to tell you off air that I've never kind of said. And it's, I heard it and it's, it makes sense. Like it does make sense. And that's not even to say like, I think that he could still be effective with this roster. I think there's a lot of other issues going on, but I just wonder, I just really wonder Ethan who knows and i think that they still like him and i and i think that that doesn't mean that they're leaving san antonio that they even want to leave san antonio like i think they really like their teammates but i just wonder if maybe like on the other side of this retirement tour there might be a coach that can utilize these guys in different ways uh, and have different ideas you know and it's not even that pop our ideas are bad it's just like you know he he does his things his way you know and there's not and and he's earned it he's earned to never be questioned but i wonder if there's there's somebody else out there who could utilize this roster better quite possibly i think another big issue jude is pop really relies on the decision making of all of his players he doesn't give the ball to one guy, really, and say, here, you're making all of the decisions on where this play goes. And aside from DeJounte Murray and occasionally Derek White, who else is a really great decision maker to you? I like Devin a lot. Yeah. I Like, I he shot, however, whatever he shot. Let me look at this. Pull That's up the fair. Box score. He shot... Um, Three for six tonight. It's, it felt like he missed a lot more shots than that, but he mm-hmm. kept shooting. Like yeah. I love that he keeps shooting. He never takes a bad shot. That's true. But like, he, think about the think about the twenty fourteen Spurs. Last time he won a championship, everybody on the roster could make the extra pass, could find the open man, could see the full you know width of the court, not just the two guys that are in his like immediate vision. And I don't think we have a roster of guys that are capable of doing that at this point in time. And part of that is their age. And I don't yeah. think Pop can adjust to that necessarily. Perhaps. That could be a reason as to why the team kind of struggles offensively. Because, you know, it, it's it's almost like that, why can't you do that? It's like, because I'm not that good yet. Like, I don't, I'm not that player at this point. I'm not Tony Park. I'm not Manu Ginobili. I'm not even Boris Diaw. You know what I mean? And... Well, this team could use a Boris Diaw. Yes, it, it, yes. really, it really does need a Boris Diaw. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's 
maybe part of the reason Pop is kind of struggling to connect with the roster, perhaps. Who who knows exactly? Yeah. Another thing. So y'all brought up Boris Diaw, and I just thought about like Boris would be somebody who would do kind of dribble handoffs too, right? Yes. Jock tried to do that this game, which he always does. And literally, like the two guys in the corner, Didn't I want to come. Say, yeah. I forget I forget who it was. I know one of them was Lonnie. Um, but they just mm-hmm. didn't even come. And then he was like, all right, well, now I've got to move around on my pivot foot and find somebody to pass it to. Like, that's the stuff that I was talking about. I'm like, there's there's a lack, there's a disconnection. Yeah. And I don't think it's because they don't like each other. No. Because I know they like each other. It's very obvious that they, they all get along pretty well. Yeah. So. No cohesion. That's where, and that's, we see, we saw that earlier in the year and maybe this is just one game, but I feel like this is also kind of in this little skid. I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I feel like that's been a continuing theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good points, Jude. Good points. <laughs> Asia, thank you for being in here. Um, Mace, Pop was right in keeping Landale and Primo out though. Those guys weren't NBA ready. Um, yeah, Landale definitely at the time, I think him playing in the G League helped him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are definitely still some things that I think, I think at this point with the team, it's probably better to have Primo and Austin actually just like watching this game tonight. I don't know. And I'd still rather have him, him in the game than some people, mm-hmm. but I think what we may be doing, especially with Trey Jones, not playing tonight, that's the other thing that we could kind of touch on, um, that you and I were maybe like, Hey, Let's throw an actual point guard out there instead of having Lonnie yeah. run point for a little bit. And eventually they were like, okay, no, we're going to have... After that went as it did, um, they started kind of just staggering the minutes and had Derek out there running point when DeJounte was off the floor for the bench unit, which we talked about. We don't mind that, but they had to switch to that mid-game. What do you think... Like, I guess, what do you think about the decision to not play Trey Jones? Why do you think that is? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I honestly don't have a clue. I know Jude. why. Do you? Is it? Be- Go ahead. It's Lonnie contract year. It's, it's yeah. We're gonna give him all the minutes now, the second half of the year. Which, I mean, a higher draft pick. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. It just it really bugs me though, because when you're a young team, yeah. usually you play like ten, eleven, even twelve guys deep, and we played nine men tonight. Or actually, we know we played ten. Um, but one of them was Eubanks yeah (laughs) yeah like so we really didn't we just Eubanks didn't play well enough to stay in the game so then later for his minutes we subbed in jock so we only played like four positions off the bench if that makes sense even though we played two guys at center on yes and Trey Jones definitely would have helped tonight as far as like being competitive and winning the game because we only had three assists total from the bench unit guys Trey Jones is a known facilitator and a pretty decent defender. I know he's not going to knock down open shots. We've literally seen it throughout the year before the whole COVID thing. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Why are we changing our rotations? I don't understand. I don't know. I have no idea. I really wanted him to play. I don't see what the big deal is if you play Trey, Lonnie, Devin, Kate Bates, Landale. That's like, what's the big, yeah, exactly. Very easy. Yeah. And like, that's the other thing about like, I know, I know I've been hard on Lonnie throughout this episode, but the other thing is I think that Lonnie would benefit from Trey Jones being on the court. Like Lonnie would be able to be utilized better with the point guard running sets for him. Mm -hmm. So 
There's a reason. I know I'm, I'm not comparing Lonnie Walker to Michael Jordan, but there's a reason Michael Jordan didn't play point guard. <laughs> Mace says that Pop is stealth tanking in his conspiracy tank oh. <laughs> take, <laughs> which, ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh God. Pop forgot he had. He forgot <laughs> he got rid of Bryn. He was like, he called for Bryn. He's like, Bryn, get in. Oh wait. <laughs> uh, uh. I mean, uh, I mean, Drew. <laughs> yeah. Look. Hey. And all of this being considered, Mansley. I don't know. I think this is your first time I've seen you in here. Forgive me if you've been in here before. Appreciate you. Um. We'll do better next season. You're exactly right. Like this is just me being frustrated mid-season, realizing that things that we thought were fixed are definitely still a persistent problem it's like all the problems that we had earlier in the year we're like reverting back to them now yeah like we're playing that a little bit like i don't know what we're is playing happening. that a little bit we did last game <laughs> yeah though. i know at- that's what i'm saying oh like, god and we're playing eubanks like you know like, like what is we're, we're going nine man rotation we're giving lonnie full minutes we want him there in the clutch mm. we're about and to he, trade for lucas Samanich. yeah we're <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna cut K, we're gonna trade KBD for Luca. Just <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh, man. Well, I'm just very I, yeah. I think that's that's the problem. Like we're reverting back. We we've we have anecdotal evidence earlier this year of things of working out. Like even if like sometimes you get bested because. We're just not as talented as the team we're playing. Like that bench unit you said was like, that's a solid bench unit. Like you've Mm -hmm. got your point guard, you got your shooting guard, you got your three, you got your four, you got your five, right? And you have that in the starting lineup too, right? Mm -hmm. You have DeJounte, Derek. Well, I guess we don't really have that. We don't really have a four. That's my thing in this starting lineup. But, and I guess that's where where everything gets a little bit confusing. That's where I almost want to start Kieta Bates. Yeah, me too. Because, but the problem is off the bench, you don't really have a four. That's why you need Zach Collins back. <laughs> uh, please fix everything, Zach. Or what do we, we have Wancho. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> just give him a second. He's just figuring out the offense still. He needed the game to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out um, like how we could fit in these rotations with Doug not playing at the four. And that's where I'm having my issues. Mm. I don't think that there's a way. There is a way, but you're not going to like it. Who who loses minutes? You uh, well, Trey Jones just wouldn't get any minutes, and you would move Lonnie to the one, Devin at the two, off the bench with Doug at the three, and then you'd put KBD at the four and Landale, and then you'd move Zach Collins to the starting four. Hmm. Okay. So, so who KBD is, loses minutes. Give me that. Um, Who's the backcourt of the bench? It would be Lonnie at the one and Devin at the two with Dougie at the three. Okay. And then KBD loses his minutes, which is Every, unfortunate. But Everything with that, except, um, wait, so why does KBD lose minutes? Because the he's, he's the four off the bench right now. And okay. if you make, if you put Zach at the starting four, oh, wait, no. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah wait, yeah, KBD is the, yes. The he's four still the four off the bench, off the bench right? Correct. So, which, so what you could do, this is our SSPN dream lineup. I think this is how we can uh, we, we can end today's episode. Um, what was I going to say? Okay, so you can move Derek to the starting lineup, or excuse me, to the bench, and then you can move Devin up. You see what I'm saying? Mm, I'm with that. So let's see. Let me write this out. Let's get this down 
for the end of the show, and we can maybe make a clip out of this, <laughs> SSPN's lineup fixes. This is our lineup remedy for the San Antonio Spurs mm. to end off this live stream. What's up, Ruben? Appreciate you being in here. Uh, Eric, love the comment. We're going to trade Lonnie and get back Jonathan Simmons. Yo, we need that. Jo- 2017 Jonathan Simmons. <laughs> this, team, this team needs him. All right. Y'all remember that? He, mm. he really hit a half-court shot. He went crazy in game one against the Warriors, the KD Warriors in their debut game, and mm. hit a half-court buzzer beater at halftime. That was crazy. God, Zaza. Ugh. You, Zaza, screw Kawhi. Zaza stole Jonathan Simmons' championship. Changed my mind. Facts. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So our lineup, DeJounte, Devin, Keldon, Zach, I'm writing this down for future reference. Zach, Jakob, that's the starting lineup, right? Um, and that is just, oh my God, that looks so much better yeah. <laughs> than what's Ooh. going on than what's going on right now. I feel so bad. And the thing is, Derek, like Derek, I was just kind of crapping on Derek even a little bit, but like Derek's not bad. It's just his fit because mm-hmm. even this year, it's like you bring him off the bench once and he has just like the a best great fit- game. Yeah. Just the best fitting game he's had all year. It's like, okay, we know what's going on now. Okay. So you'd have Derek Lonnie. Devin. You, or no, you'd, you'd have Doug. Oh yeah. Doug. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doug KBD and jock. Make it hurt on Gomez. <laughs> So Trey Lo- Trey Jones loses minutes in this situation, but ideally next season he's the point guard. You, you can play Derek next to him, or you can even play him off ball of Derek. Like because that about we, Primo, we, we literally. <laughs> and what about Primo and and our and our number one overall selection? That's going to be a guard <laughs> this this offseason. <laughs> I looked this up is, three different mock drafts, Jude, and all three of them had us selecting a guard at like pick six or seven. And I was like, <laughs> no, please, God, no. <laughs> like, please. We're just never, we're going to let uh, Yak, we're letting Jakob walk. And we're, we're letting Drew walk. <laughs> oh my God. And they and were like, like, we're coming in with Zach Collins, Jock Landale, and a team full of guards. Yep, and, and literally like the descriptions were like exactly what Derek and DeJounte are. They're like six five guard that can play one or two spot. And I was like, uh, uh, I don't want that. Please no more. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> enough wow. slices. Wow. Okay, here here's another good conversation here. Maybe Kaycock is this year's Simmons or last year's KBD. Mm. Comes in, earns a contract next season. Um could see that potentially. Perhaps, yes, he's a little undersized, but his physicality is great. They gotta let Manu convince Derek to come off the bench. Yeah, mm. I don't even think it's that. I feel like Derek would be willing. I think that they just want to start him. It would be different if they didn't have a high IQ, versatile, long defender who could replace him, who can also shoot threes and has a bag. But yes. that's Devin Vassell. But they don't. They do, and they still don't want to put him in. So, man, <sighs> yeah, I'm with I'm with Ruben here a little bit. It seems like White it, Derek is much more effective bringing the ball up the White. floor at point. White, <laughs> I don't think we've called him White once. I, I don't think we have this entire show, right? <laughs> but he does do better bringing the ball up the floor. And I know I just said, oh, you could play him next to Trey Jones if you want to. But the difference is, like, we've seen that work. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I think that uh, Trey Jones, we've seen him as a cutter be very effective throughout the year. Remember at the beginning of the year, we were talking about him and Thad Young. So like Trey Jones can be effective off ball, even though he's not like a sniper. And that's another reason why you can play him. Um, Let's trade Thad Young and just get uh, Anthony Davis back and we'll wait for him to recover <laughs> from his injury. We'll just keep him We're out gonna the rest of the year. We're going to trade Thad to the Lakers. He's so yep. coveted. He's so coveted. <laughs> Thad and Hernan Gomez and the, and the, and the 2028 second round show. pick. Yeah. The NBA is going to waive the, um, they're going to waive the trade exemption. Yep, <laughs> and Wancho yep. is going to get shipped again. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh, uh, okay. We're going to have to, I think, I don't know. We're going to have to see this is one game and maybe I'm just having an overreactionary night, but if this continues and this season just plays out kind of the way that it's been playing out, which the one thing that has been consistent is that it has been playing out this way. And then we're, what was the, what, what did we say on the TSR stream? Consistently inconsistent. Not yep. only are we consistently inconsistent on the court, except for DeJounte for the most part and Jakob um, and Devin, really. He's been, so those, other than those three guys and <laughs> the next big, three. now the coaching staff, now the coaching staff is inconsistent. Also, now we're going back to the same things that weren't working at the beginning of the year, just because why not? I guess like, <laughs> what Bryn Forbes was just the glue. We didn't, yeah. <laughs> he was so important to the Bryn, locker room. Bryn got traded. That was it. I didn't realize it. This was the first game without Bryn, right? Or was there, mm-hmm. no, we had a game Friday, didn't we? Yeah. But yeah. I think this the was the first one with it finalized, though, because there was, like, remember that, that, like, Spurs announced it wasn't finalized? Uh, You might be right. I know this was the first game that Wancho was on the yes, bench. Yes, that is for sure. This was the first game with Wancho, so. And I don't even think it's Wancho's fault, but. It's Wancho's fault. <laughs> We're he just blame. came into the locker room and he was just like telling everybody the truth. He goes, you suck. You suck. <laughs> uh, you're overrated. And everyone was like, oh, God, he's right. And they came out all low energy. They're like, what's up, man? You excited? We're excited to have you. He's like, I'm not excited to be here. I can tell you that much. I'm excited for my contract to get waived in June. <laughs> so I can go sign with the contending team and ride the bench there. Oh, God. That'd be better. <laughs> I so hope that's true. I so oh. hope that what we just said happened. I know oh it didn't, but like that'd be so funny if it did. <sighs> Thaddeus Young just like nodding his head in the corner, like, yeah. We've been on here said. for 50 minutes, and I feel like I've just been trying to like pinpoint what the problem is. There's not one problem, Jude. Yeah. It's gonna take a couple years here to fix these problems. <laughs> I feel yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I like developing a lot of these guys but i think that there might be some guys that we might need to move not based on their talent but just on their fit because we've got to build a team that plays together that's the thing that i think the grizzlies have done really well Mm -hmm. like and and this is where it comes to to like drafting for need over drafting like just the best player like there's there's times where you draft the best player. Like I think this year, Primo, that's the pick for sure. 100%. That was a good pick, especially with the way that the roster is set up and with guards going out, right? Theoretically. Um, 
Imagine, imagine, Lonnie imagine Lonnie just gets the bag. <laughs> oh God. Oh Lord. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that because of that. But, uh, okay. I, no, you got to have a balance with drafting for need and drafting. Like, yes, you want to always draft the best player available, but you've also got to draft something that fits with your team. Like not only do you need to draft a player at a position that you need, but you need to draft a player that can play with the guys and complement the players around them. Like really right now, Keldon, he look, he is a tremendous improvement in three-point shooting this year. But when I'm watching these games, Keldon does not compliment DeJounte Murray. Mm-mm. Derek White does not compliment DeJounte Murray. Devin Vassell compliments DeJounte Murray when they're out there. Yeah. Jakob Pertl compliments DeJounte Murray, you know, or DeJounte compliments Jakob, you know. I compliment DeJounte Murray. Yeah. We, we compliment DeJounte Murray every episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, we do. Um, uh, but, like, even off the bench, like, let's see. So who did we play tonight? We, we had Lonnie pr- predominantly. Yep. But, like, we it was all mixed lineups. We didn't even really have a, a, a player off the bench. But Lonnie doesn't really compliment even Vassell. I mean, he no. kind of does because he has the ball in his hand, but he doesn't do it effectively. Eubanks sets screens. He's gotten a little bit better at that. I got to give him that. I got to give, you know, the the greatest of all, the greatest player in Spurs history. You know, he got a little bit better, you know, in his time recently. (laughs) KVD compliments everybody. That's true. That's true. He's a glue guy. Yeah. And and, and Trey Jones would compliment a lot of people on the bench. Like Trey Jones would compliment Lonnie. He would compliment Vassell. Yeah. Jock Landale compliments other players because he can stretch the floor and he can do dribble handoffs and actually run stuff. So, yeah, I think – now here's the question. With the you know potential DJ trade rumors, I don't think there's any legitimacy to that. But mm-hmm. I think the one thing we've learned this year is this. I think this – shout out to Ruben. The Spurs need to start building around DJ. Yeah. Because I think he's proven that he can at least be, like we talked about it, like a, a – a Paul George type player. And that's like, I think floor. I, I think he could maybe be better than him. Like overall, like, but he is a one to two guy. Um, on in, in my opinion, from what I've seen from him this year, I know a lot of it's empty stats, but I think, I think we've been watching DeJounte long enough to, to know he's that, a baller that he's, he's a dude. Yeah. He's yeah. a dude. He is, uh, even if he's not an all-star, all like this year, all-star level player, I think he, hopefully he will be an all-star. I don't know. At the he's, very least, he's a dude. Yes, right. Exactly. He's some, he's a franchise guy. This <laughs> is the point. He's like some, dude. he's a dude. <laughs> Make sure y'all ourselves. go vote for, for dude in the chat. Yes, uh, yes. Dude of the year. Please. DeJounte Murray, dude of the year. Um, yep. He's a doy. But we need, this is, this is the conversation. Complimenting. DeJounte Murray. You know who I think compliments DeJounte Murray? Josh Primo. <laughs> yeah, well, another another guy that I forgot we were apparently in talks to acquire. Who? DeMontis Sabonis. So is that like an actual, that, yes. That he That's does, a rumor. Okay. But I don't know if there's any validity around it. I just remember. He is when, getting shopped right now. Yes, he is. So is Miles Turner and so is, I think, Brogdon. I'd trade Jakob for both of those guys. I'd trade Me Jakob. Too. I'd trade Jakob and Lonnie and like a second round. At this point, I, I you don't want to give up this year's first round pick just because it could be really nice. 
But yeah, honestly, I don't know, man. Because if you see, if you could get Sabonis, tell yeah. me about this. Demonta Sabonis, you get him. You trade Yakublani this year's first round pick. What are you saying? I honestly don't think that's that that bad. It's not horrible because if we don't have the number one or number two or number, if we're not in top four, we're not going to get one of the big guys that can really make a and, difference, which is Paolo Chet and and your guy. Um, who do you like? That's the the four. He's like are you six, talking ten. about? Uh, well, you said Paolo Chet. Oh, and then Jabari Smith Jabari from Smith. Uh, Auburn. He's probably going to be the number one pick. Yeah, those three guys are going to probably go in the top four, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe top five. So if we're not in the top five, I wouldn't mind going after Sabonis. I, f- I love Sabonis, but I would much rather give up either next year's or the year after's uh, first round pick. If Boudet I was- says, Boudet says, heck no. <laughs> and look, I respect it. And I like this. We, we need Primo to grow. Keep your own Primo. But here's the thing. Here's why I'm, a, I'm, I'm okay with it. And if y'all think I'm crazy, it's like respect. But DeMontis Sabonis is 25 years old. Mm-hmm. He is on the DeJounte Murray trajectory, and I feel like um, – but but this is a good point too, Eric. I mean, he's it's he is often injured. It's usually little injuries, so it's not something that like plagues him for the entire season, but that that is something that, that would come with it. It does seem like he's out a lot. Um, but at the same time, I mean, right now he's fifth in the league in boards uh, – 30th in the league in scoring. I know that doesn't sound too crazy, but really, like, all things considered, how many players are in the NBA, that's really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. And he's top 40 in assists as a big man, too. Yep. So 19, 19, 11, and 5. He's a guaranteed double-double every night. And it's actually 11.9, so 19, 12, and 5. He can score at all three levels. He is a much better rebounder than Jakob. He would Ertl. fit more than Jakob. He's more mobile than Jakob. I he's not obviously not as good of a shot blocker as Jakob, but he's still not like a slouch on the defensive side of the ball either. Let me see what his he's like. a very capable defender. So we are in the 2021-22 NBA season. Yeah, he's so he's only got a quarter of a block, but you want to know something crazy? He's averaging a steal. He's averaging one yeah. steal a game. So he can get his hand in there. And he's one of those under the radar fringe all-stars every year, similar mm-hmm. to DeJounte Murray. So as far as that's concerned, they would fit together. I so Eric says he's in. <laughs> Appreciate you, Eric. Yes. And hey, look, if you say no to the first round pick, I, I completely get that. But I feel like that's a trade that um Here are my keys. <laughs> Indiana. What'd you say? You said here are my keys. Eric oh. did. <laughs> um, but that's a trade that Indiana might accept. But here's the problem. Apparently I saw a report, and who knows with all these reports, but I really said did see that the Kings might be willing to trade De'Aaron Fox for Sabonis. But I feel like if they were going to do that, that would have already happened, in all honesty. Yeah. I don't know why they're so quick to give up De'Aaron Fox. I think he's like a a really nice... I think they've just been trying it for a while, and it's not working. And it's he's... the Kings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the Kings. They really so, went... Nah, I don't know. DJ, Devin Vassell, and Primo. Those are the only untouchables for me. Yeah, I think I'm with that. I'm not going to be very happy to trade Keldon Johnson... Um, but if the right either. deal pops up, um, that he be—he's not somebody I consider untouchable at this point. I'm—I'm I'm with you, White Dog Skater, on that. Those Imagine are my three that, guys. That Zach Collins and that Demontis Sabonis front court. Ooh, that is nice. And then reunite him and his favorite guy, 
uh, Dougie McBuckets, who, you know, <laughs> he got a lot of threes off of those double teams yeah. from Dumont. Just a bonus. So. Yep. Yep. Okay. So answering Mace's question here, um, I don't know if they'll take any of uh, ours not so great pieces. Yak's a solid piece and he was a top 10 pick. Um, yeah. So exactly. He, he is a solid piece. Um, I thought I, when I read that, I thought it was like an argument against not trading him or, or not trading him. But I think you're just saying that they don't know if they'll take the great pieces, but they would take Jakob. And if anybody's mm-hmm. concerned about trading Jakob, because he has really kind of been, you know, our baby go bear this year, remember Zach Collins is coming back. That's kind of the remedy. You would Eubanks have, is ready. Yeah. <laughs> and, we're, and we're starting Eubanks. And we got Wancho for a reason, bro. <laughs> we're He's not, just waiting. Bro, can you imagine the Wancho Hernan Gomez Drew Eubanks front court? <laughs> bro. The okay. lobs. But in reality, going back, going back, you you could have Zach Collins off the bench and Simonis starting. And then you have – those are very similar players. Like yeah. not – you know, I think Simonis is obviously better. But in just being able to score at all three levels and being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like He's an all-star. Of, yeah. He's an all-star next to an all, what we think is an all-star caliber point guard to DeJounte Murray. It's – Bagley, uh, I like Bagley. I think he's he's kind of a question mark right now in yeah. his career, uh, but I do like his upside. Um, I'm trying to think if I don't think I would go with Marvin Bagley over Jakob, just because Jakob's way more proven in the league. He's just much more of a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> can Mark? says, can we get a big man that is of African descent instead of one with European ancestry? (laughs) Look, look, hey, I remember we were talking about drafting Usman Garuba, and he's not even, you know, technically he's from Spain, but, like, I I get where you're, I get what you're saying here. We we need, like, an athletic, like, mean dude, you know? I'll take DeAndre Ayton if he, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's I think he's actually from the Bahamas, but still like yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um what was I going to say? But like you know, for example, I'll do a little UFC reference. Francis Ngannou fought last night and body slammed this guy named Cyril Gon a couple times and got a big win uh and got some big uh got a big win last night, right? Like that somebody who has had to, you know, grow up working in the minefields and has like really been through some stuff like Francis. Like if we could get a Francis and Ganu type center, I think that's what the Spurs need. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best analogy I've made on the show. That's a great one. <laughs> I don't know anything about UFC, but it's a good one. Yes, yes. And and like uh, somebody's talking about it right now, White Dog Skater's talking about it, is Deadman. Dwayne Deadman is kind of like the last like type of He's solid athletic energy guy that we had. He had a great year. He had a great year that year. Um, So yeah. And Boudet says who's a beast fighting through this injury. Yeah. That's crazy. He had a torn MCL. See, these are the type of dudes we need who can play through torn. (laughs) Can't do that in the NBA. Can't do that in the NBA, but yeah, a center that could jump. I mean, you banks, you banks, he's Blake Griffin light. All right. (laughs) He is Blake Griffin without the skill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no that's a great point probably uh probably deadman white dog that's really the last guy who could like 
Catch Lobs. I love how you just say their names, dude. And God. some of them are absolutely hey. like hilarious. <laughs> White dog. <laughs> who was the dude like, that? But think called, about like, it. Fat? Who was? Who was another? Oh my god! I'm gonna talk about. It. I don't know who that was. But like, think about it. Who? Who was uh, the last time we got a center that could actually jump? Tavarius, bro, you, you got to watch the games. Eubanks has literally caught lobs. He caught a lob like two days ago from yeah. DeJounte. He had like, four boards yeah. tonight in five minutes. Anyways, he jumps. <laughs> yes, he doesn't do other things very good, but he has a higher vertical than probably any of our other centers. But anyways, when was the last time that we got a center that, that could jump? Because Eubanks doesn't play. So yeah. other than him. Like Dwayne Dedman is one, but yeah. before him, like, Aaron Baines, Aaron Baines, Dewan Blair, jump. like no, he couldn't jump at all. <laughs> Juan Blair couldn't jump. I love Dewan Blair, but that dude was like he could dunk though. He could, but he couldn't jump. Like he yeah. wasn't a leaper. He was just a tall guy that could kind of get up a little bit. Like, I can't think of anybody. I hey, feel Davey like Robinson. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, the Dennis Rodman. Like, yeah, could Rod? Yeah, Rodman could. Yeah. No, and exactly, exactly. White dog, Eubanks, not seven feet tall. No. Exactly. So we don't have a, a, a high leaper. Um, Jeff Harris. <laughs> he had some hops. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I'm Yo, Thaddeus Young in his day could get up. Antonio <laughs> McDice. McDice is nice. What's yes. the Alberto could jump? Alberto <laughs> Fabricio Alberto. Fabricio. You Eubanks is basically lesser version of David Lee. Hey, David Lee had a couple nice games on his he days in San Antonio. Oh, he came out it was his last season, you know, yeah. after playing with the Warriors for a while. He 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 had a good year that year. I who Scal. I'm forgetting somebody. Like we had somebody oh. at center. Not Tiago. Tiago. Um who did we play? I, I know we played Dwayne Dedman next to LaMarcus a lot, but who was the primary center that played next to LaMarcus? I know eventually we started it was, playing it LaMarcus at the five. But it was before, Timmy a lot. Who was uh, after that? The year after that? Pow. That's right. <laughs> Old pow. Okay, yeah, pow could not jump. Nope. Man, man. I miss Pau Gasol. <laughs> he was so average <laughs> on our team he was really good with the Lakers at least he would hit threes in the corner <laughs> yeah, yeah he could knock down some some trays danny ferry <laughs> oh gosh oh my lord his comments are great y'all are y'all are doing great Derek anderson on sean bradley hey yo kyle anderson let's bring him back i know he's not a center but let's bring him back yeah he's somebody that could actually like play he he could play the four and like kind of mm. play the role that that Doug does, but can't better. shoot as well. But he can do everything yeah. else better. <laughs> he, he still he still can make open threes. Yep. Hey yo, Bobo had a little bit of hops. Uh, David West. <laughs> David West. That's that's probably he was yeah. the last like dog dog we had. The bro, yeah. I remember he really came for the Zaza year. Oh dude, <laughs> I think he went right back to the war. Yeah, he went straight to the Warriors. He was like, screw this. He knew what was coming. Brandon Paul. Oh, God. BP3, baby. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, my gosh. I feel like the last of this episode has just been us laughing, trolling about it. Yeah, as Diamond G, look, I've been very critical this episode. You know, uh, lot, lots of negativity, but there's a lot of room for improvement. We got to finish mm-hmm. this year out. Malik this Rose. is how I felt tonight. But um, 
Sorry, I'm still spitting out. You're names. good. Malik no, I love Lowe's. it. I love it. Gary Neal. Um, but <laughs> this, <laughs> there's still room for improvement for this team. So let's look. Let's Tracy just, McGrady. <laughs> for in 2013, he was on our playoff team. <laughs> try to try to go get a last chip, and then we Nando, lost. Nando Nando baby. Oh, he was nice. <laughs> Rosho Nestrovic. Yeah. There, uh, there was another Nikola, Nikola something. Militinivov or something yes. like that. That and we, we drafted, drafted and we never and, got him. And, and, and we we stashed his rights. He never. He and never we came over. And I remember hearing it. Because um, we traded him, didn't we? No, we didn't trade him. We just renounced his rights finally. Yeah, we were like, who's Nikola I think actually we traded his rights to somebody else. But yeah. he's still, like, he never came over. <laughs> And so it was like, angering. I remember kind of being excited about it. Cause I want to say it was like, like a 29th pick. I think it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it was, it was like, like a legit pick in like yeah, 2016 and or something just like that. Never came over. We never. Yeah. So well, to Nasser <laughs> he was with us. I forgot Matt Bonner, yes. Ooh, Matt Bonner. Oh my gosh. Lord. All right, well, let's wrap this thing up here. We yep. appreciate you guys. Jerron Blossom game. That was the one that got away on on God, mm. Jerron Blossom game. Um, shout out to shout out to him at Clemson. He was fun to watch. Um, but thank you guys so much for sitting, messing with us here, having some fun with us at the end of the show. I kind of came in a little flustered, I feel like, throughout this one. So I appreciate y'all sticking around. I appreciate y'all talking Spurs with us. I appreciate you guys listening to us. If you want to stay updated on all the latest SSP and stuff, we're probably going to be here. If you, we can talk about it on the show right now. Are you cool with most Sundays that work just doing a live around this time? I got to talk to you after the show. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, that works. <laughs> Uh, so follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero at Jude McLaren. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe if you enjoyed this. Share this with your Spurs fan friends um, as well uh, if you enjoyed. And we appreciate you guys being in here. Uh, I've been had fun. It's been fun watching here than watching the Spurs earlier. That's how I felt as well. Mark uh, goes on and Bude, thank you, my man. Appreciate you being in here. Same with Eric Pacina. Y'all are the OGs. Keep coming back. We really appreciate y'all. We're in school, but we're here. Mace talked about that all uh, earlier. So thank you guys for watching. We'll catch you on the next one.